We get defensive with Tony Salazar, defensive coordinator and assistant head coach. As we've talked about in years past, the playoffs take on a new mindset. It's the third season. The routine, it takes on a different mindset. What's the main difference between the regular season and playoff practice and preparation? I think just the urgency. You know that you don't, you're not guaranteed another game. I think it's real important for our senior leadership to take over these type of situations. Guys that have played a lot of playoff games, relaying the urgency to the rest of the football team, uh, the juniors and the sophomores that are pulled up from, from the J. Just trying to get everybody involved, everybody understand that uh, there's no wasted days. Uh, we can't waste an opportunity to get better each and every single day. One thing that Coach Dodge has always talked about in week to week to week, and it seems like we talked a lot about it after the Anderson game, the fact that you haven't played your best football yet. Some would argue that, well, if you haven't played your best football yet, when are you going to play it? Coach Dodge, very optimistic. Well, wait a minute. If we're going into by district and we haven't played the best that this team can play, that would be a positive. What's your opinion on that? I would agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, I think at times, uh, we've shown you know some high-level football in all phases of the game. We never want to be peaking early in the season or mid-season. Last week's game against Bowie really left us with more confidence in understanding that uh, we can play at a high level against a quality opponent. Bowie's always a, a challenge for us. So to kind of play at that level going into uh, first round of the playoffs, you can sense it. Uh, they've got a little pep in their step, and they're flying around, and, and this week of practice has been a good one so far. I think it's also a testament to the run game. We start 10 weeks ago looking at well, wait a minute, who's going to run the football? Obviously, the speed threat with Taylor Anderson is gone. Uh, Gray Nackfor hadn't been proven yet. We didn't even know about Zane Miners yet and his ability to run the football because he was a wide receiver. That one comment where, wait a minute, we haven't played our best. Well, Westlake running game week one, Westlake running game week 10 is 300 yards rushing, and you're starting to see a lot of improvement for your offensive line. That really was the key for me against Bowie to impose your will and do it with such emphasis on the running game. Put a lot of things on film that I think a lot of people haven't seen Westlake do this year. What was the mood coming out of that game with your offensive line? You know, all year long, those guys have been challenged to, to you know, make sure that phase of our game is continually improving. And I think it, it was good to see some fruits of their labor, the hard work those guys have put in, um, the running backs and the offensive line to gel like that, you know, as we get into these more meaningful games in the playoffs and the end of district play to come together and see, like I said, a quality uh, run game and see guys, uh, I think Zane Mines with four touchdowns and Knack for obviously uh, run for over 100 yards. I mean, those guys have been grinding and a lot of times we ask them to pass protect more than we, we ask them to run and to see them take hold of that physical mindset. They were challenged to be physical and Coach Dodge challenged the whole football team. To leave no doubt when we left the field on Friday night, who was a more physical football team and our offensive line, our running backs held up there into the deal. I know that you are busy with the defense and coaching them up and making small adjustments on the sidelines from series to series. You start your game with your quarterback, Kirkland Michaud, not necessarily the sharpest. You have the unique ability to put Drew Willoughby in. He goes four or five, gets the offense moving, and then all of a sudden you put seven back in and automatically recognize what was going on, came out, got it right, and then went back on the field. That is a luxury that most teams do not have when your quarterback starts off the way that Kirkland did and then finished the way he did. That's really a mental toughness that I think embodies the entire room. You just think about those two guys have been in that room in that situation for many games now, and both of them have been in playoff atmospheres. So we we're talking about round four, round five last year. Both those guys were playing at a high level, and, and nobody's going to be perfect every single Friday. For Kirkland to come out, whatever it may be, a step slow or a tad off, you know, it was 12's job to step in and, and pick up the slack, and he did just that. And that's a testament to who Drew is 
Uh, and that's a testament to who Seven is. Kirkland to step back in there next time we got an opportunity to settle down and, and do what he can do. You enter the by district round with a plus 12 turnover ratio. And I know that's something that is always of high attention to be able to take the ball away, give it back to the offense. The game against Bowie really was the microcosm of that. I think of guys who have been putting in some serious work, Brandon Ajar, getting rewarded for all that effort. And I ask you because most of the time when the offensive unit is on the field and those second, third team guys are coming in, you know, they don't necessarily get a chance to touch the football. But on the defensive side, those guys get after it. And there was that moment where you knew that as Bowie was driving inside the Westlake 40, they turned it up to preserve that shutout. Tell us about the mindset of being that defensive player that might not get to play until the very end of a, of a game like that, lopsided win against Bowie, but there's still a lot of pride there. Absolutely. I mean, those guys have been in a situation, you know, a handful of times this year where they're coming in and the game is in our control. And there's been some times throughout the year where we, we haven't executed there. Maybe a touchdown or two has been given away in the fourth quarter. But you're talking about guys that uh, you know are running an attack team, the other the other team's offense and defense all week long, and, and they don't get the significant reps that our starters do to prepare for that offense. And so to have them come in come into that part of the game and play our base offense and play base defense and to perform at a high level, they want to do that more than anybody. And they want to prove their teammates that they deserve to be on the field. We don't lower our expectations just because uh, the guy didn't start the football game we expect them to try to ultimately stop their offense and we you know expect our twos to on offense to go out there and score and run the football effectively and throw the football effectively uh, those guys have got a chance to do that last week and it was so fun to see them do it when you create that turnover and, and you get Santi and all those guys back on the field for victory formation I was telling uh, Santiago Noyola not last week in his shop of the week interview that hey there's there's one thing that's a sign of good news if you're in victory formation with less than a minute to play some good things have happened for the Westlake Chaparrales you flip it to this week and steal and the opponent. I want to get your defensive opinion first before we talk about their offense. Something that really jumps out to me with Steele is their ability to be incredibly athletic on the back end of the defense. It's not like Caden Stearns is back there, but a few years ago, you got to look at just how they play and the strength of their defense is from the back to the front. Tell me what you know about Steele and what you see. Athletic. You know, I think that's one word you would ask me. Uh, very athletic in the back end. Uh, rangy safeties, physical corners, linebackers that do some good things in the run game and also uh, do a good job in, in pass defense. And then an athletic defensive front that's going to try to, you know, stop the run and get after the quarterback. we got to find ways to neutralize those guys' speed. We have some quality athletes on the outside, too. So we're going to try to take that physical mentality and start the game by being physical. And let's just see where chips fall after that with our offense. We can talk all day about being physical up front in the trenches. But it's the physical nature of every other player on the offensive side of the ball. Most of us are looking at stat sheets and looking for catches, rushing yards, touchdowns. But there are so many different things that go into what makes Westlake physical when all 11 guys are on the field. To have such buy-in from your wide receivers and your running backs to be physical in space without the football. Guys like Mason Mangum, who probably in, on other teams you'd see his equal or counterpart not be blocking downfield. Jackson Coker. And now we're starting to see the evolution of the pass protection like you were talking about. Gray Knackfor is fantastic at it. He's been getting better, but really the improvement and the confidence to be in Zane Miners. I know we can talk about how many touchdowns he's run for and how explosive he is, but in pass protection, he's become a physical player and it's made him a more confident runner. Can you describe how it works week to week and what you guys work on to develop that confidence? Yeah, I mean, we come a long way and that's when we first got here was receivers were receivers. Slowly but surely, the culture has changed to where those receivers are expected to be 
you know, physical football players, just the same as running backs. When you look at a starting kickoff, we got two or three starting receivers going down there making tackles. Uh, Luke Nicholas had about two tackles inside the 20 last week on kickoff. Jackson Coker's blocked a couple punts this year. Those guys are grinding and doing the dirty work, and it's really created a lot of depth uh, in our special teams and with our football program to not just have to have defensive starters on every special teams. And, and uh, how do we practice it? Well, every Monday and Tuesday, we do what we call perimeter drill, two-on-two or three-on-three with secondary guys, safeties and corners against uh, wide receivers, two or three wide receivers. And that's what we call some perimeter-style RPO stuff, some wide receiver screens and bubbles. And defense knows what's coming. The offense knows what's coming. It's a matter of locking, locking horns and, and fighting and being physical. And we practice good on good in those situations. And that's really how we feel. Uh, we've gotten better and developed more of a physical mindset on the perimeter uh, with our secondary and with our receivers. Of course, everybody likes to talk about how good Steel is on offense. Explosive, athletic, those are words that everybody uses. A couple of years ago, we got to see the debut of Wyatt Beagle in the Region 4 final win over Steel. You fast forward two years later, he's a junior and an integral part of why they're so successful because as you look at the breakdown of each game, sometimes he's throwing the ball, sometimes he's an effective runner and, and gashing guys for big-time plays. He's not just the guy orchestrating it. He's a big part of why they're good. I mean, you've seen number eight Wyatt Beagle grow up tremendously in the last couple of years you know we didn't see him last year at all but uh, seeing his tape from this year tremendous football player uh, we have all the respect in the world for him and what he does for that football team he poses several threats I mean he's very accurate with the football I think he has like four interceptions on the year he does a great job of distributing the ball to all of his players you know not making many mistakes and keeping his football team you know um, going forward and taking positive steps we are excited about the opportunity to play such a quality opponent. We hope that um, he gets our best on Friday night, and I think the work we put in this week is going to allow us to, to do that. A couple of weeks ago, we had a chance to visit with a, a defensive lineman, Bobby Duncan, and he watches the pro game relentlessly, looking for those extra ways to put pressure on the quarterback. And I think a lot of us think that, hey, how do you defend a Wyatt Beagle? Well, you, you make him do things that are out of his comfort zone. I think people think of pass rush. They think of, oh, got to get there, got to hurry him, got to sack them. you got to get a, a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. It's actually really just situational football. When you can get pressure on Wyatt Beagle is when he makes decisions quicker than he wants to. Can you explain that for the audience of, of what the importance of pass pressure is in a guy like that? Obviously, the, the more pressure we can get with fewer rushers allows us to have more people in coverage and hopefully cover up the route concepts and the receivers. I mean, if we can do that with three or with four, I mean, that allows us seven or eight people in coverage and possibly even one or two guys to spy the quarterback. And in a perfect world, that's where we'd like to be. He's a very, very talented quarterback, and we have to be very multiple on defense and give him different looks. There's going to be times we have to pressure him uh, just to try to get the football out of his hands and not let him hold it. We talked about his legs. He's, his legs are a big part of his game. When things are initially covered and they break down, he uses his legs to get out of the pocket. Sometimes he pulls it in and runs. Sometimes he's breaking the pocket just to look to throw it still. A lot of times it could be a negative play with the quarterback running out of bounds and you know for loss of one or two, but he's somehow completing some passes for five yards and turn a negative play into a five-yard gain. He's going to be a challenge, there's no doubt. If we contain our rush lanes as defensive linemen and we aren't over-aggressive at times, we, we like to tell our kids to be a controlled aggression and we want to be able to get after the quarterback, yes, but we also have to contain the quarterback and try to make him throw into some coverage. There's times where it's third and long, we might try to get him to throw the ball faster than he wants to not allow routes to develop down the field. So just a, a guessing game, per se, uh, with the offensive coordinator and mixing up coverages and pressures and, and trying to keep the quarterback in the pocket and not, not let him beat you with your legs, convert third downs. Darian McKnight, DeQuavion Thomas, 
leading passer in San Antonio, leading rusher in San Antonio, leading wide receiver in San Antonio. Is it just speed or is it football IQ? What What is it that makes those guys so special? It all has to start, obviously, with the offensive line. you got to get some movement. And throughout the years, the Steel Knights get onto the football field. The first thing you're going to notice is the offensive line. Traditionally, they're big and physical football players. This year's no different. Uh, they're very talented up front. So the linemen are getting their hands on defensive linemen, allowing the running back to get to the second level. And, and he's very, very talented. Dequavion Thomas, he's a hard runner. He's a slasher. He kind of has both facets of the run game. He can run, put his head down, and fall forward for three yards, or he can make somebody miss and go 80. And so he possesses some strength and speed. So I don't think there's one kind of weakness that goes with his game. He's going to be a challenge. There's a reason he's leading San Antonio rushing right now. Like Mike Tyson said, everybody has a plan to get punched in the mouth, and we're going to try to, you know, hopefully uphold our end of the bargain there and try to be a physical football team and, and continue to, to tackle the ball carrier. Final thought, Coach. If there was one thing you could say to the club right as they take the field, as far as an overall mindset for the Bi-District Championship, what is it? Being result-oriented. I mean, things we talk about every single Thursday is our keys to victory. It's it's winning the situation. It's winning that play. It's on the opening kickoff, keeping, keeping them inside the 30 to make them drive for a long field. It's creating turnovers on defense. It's being efficient in the red zone. It's staying on the field for our offense on third down. It's all those things, and I think just being result-oriented about the situations of the game. There's going to be some plays that are probably going to be bigger than most. If we can win those critical downs in the game, I think our football teams can continue to develop confidence, and I think as the game goes on, we're going to start seeing um, chips fall, fall for our side. Coach, as always, thanks for the time. Good luck. Thank you so much.